Hey, welcome to my show. I'm Schnoodlebug. This is a DIY podcast about making stuff no matter what. As always, this episode is brought to you by Schnoodle Video. Hey, are you in need of an editor? Schnoodle Video offers professional short-form edits of long-form content like live streams and IRL events. For examples of their work, check out schnoodlevideo.com or hit the link in the show notes. Matt Bradshaw is the inventor of the drum kit, a self-described lo-fi aleatoric drum machine that generates rhythms using random numbers. Now on a personal note, the drum kit is one of my favorite pieces of gear in years. It's unlocked my creativity in ways I never would have imagined a dedicated drum machine to do. After messaging him to thank him for his work, Matt graciously took the time to chat with me between building the sequel to his incredible machine. I've always been kind of interested in the sort of music technology side of things like a, 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 um, I'm just the right age that there was loads of music like te- like stuff on computers but the internet hadn't really come along yet so you ended up having to kind of figure everything out for yourself so when I was at school in the 90s you know I knew I wanted to make music on my computer and I got hold of like just any software I could find to do that but this was you know before having the internet so it'd be like you know someone would give you a floppy disk with um like i think it was noteworthy composer which is like this composing software oh, yeah. that i used the thing that i actually needed was something like cubase or, or whatever but i didn't know that at the time so i spent ages like trying to make dance music but like kind of like writing it out <laughs> like as if it was for an orchestra kind of thing you know because that's uh so i ended up making this sort of quite weird electronic music not because i wanted to but just because that was you know those are the tools i had and um yeah and then and so i always tried to use sort of you know synthesizers and things in in my music but it was only it was like it's kind of later on when i when i like when i had a job i was a web developer in my i guess sort of mid-20s and, and my boss actually was a cool boss and he, he bought me like a birthday present which was like an arduino starter kit so sort of like you know so, so you could turn, flash an led all and on and off basic stuff you know uploading code with usb to this little computer and and just as soon as he got me that i was like wow this is this is really cool i can do anything with this and from then on i was just always like buying components, seeing how they could hook up to the Arduino. Almost instantly was then trying to interface that with my music gear. So I had, um, I've always ended up getting music gear, which is like kind of hackable. So I had this like bearing amp, which was like, uh, weirdly had like a MIDI input on the back, um, which is such a weird thing for a guitar amp to have. But I was like, hang on, if it's got a MIDI input, I can plug it into this thing that I've been, you know, this breadboard with all these components and stuff. And, and I can then just make the guitar amp respond to anything. So you can kind of make a, weird wah-wah that's controlled by your hand or anything like that so once someone had showed me how you could flash an led on and off it was only a few months before uh, i was doing weird music stuff with it and and eventually that that kind of (laughs) i feel a bit bad for my old boss because like that was a few years later i got so into it that i quit my job because of um uh, (laughs) because of wanting to do music and electronics (laughs) yeah yeah, he sort of unwittingly (laughs) brought that about but um i started a band i didn't want a drummer like i'd had bands with Mm -hmm. drummers before (laughs) just the amount of like faff of getting a getting a drum kit to a gear getting drum kit to practice having to have practice spaces all these things i was like if you could have a drum machine that wasn't just you know hit start and it plays a 4-4 beat you know like if it wasn't apparent that you were just hitting start like i wanted this thing that was kind of halfway between a drum machine and a drummer that was kind of the impetus behind it and then um uh, and then it was a sort of long process of turning that idea into a you know in, in, into a thing that you could hold at the time i was a web developer so i just we had an ipad at work which is when they were quite new and cool and and i was like hang on i think i can 
make a drum machine on an iPad by basically making a web page. There's a weird amount of like quite good synthesis software like built into JavaScript. Obviously, there's all the stuff to con- for controlling text and images and you know and whatever. But then there's there's like a fully featured like synthesis engine on like you know any browser you use. It's really it's a it's like weirdly overspec and. It was clearly there was clearly someone in charge of like the spec for JavaScript was was a musician and um, was adding all this stuff in and so and everyone was just being like yeah that sounds fine add it in add it in and and then and then you were like clearly whoever made the browsers was, was like really we have to add this to keep keep but then you you know Chrome would add like you know sort of filters and reverb and stuff to the to their code and then firefox would be like well i guess we have to as well now and once someone's had the idea then all the browsers kind of have to keep up and yeah because that was just like the language i was comfortable with that's you know i've knocked up like a, a weird number of projects just like as web pages because it's so quick to do and so i was like hang on you can yeah build a drum machine with this and it had you know filter with resonance and cutoff and you know all these things, and it was and it was just running in Chrome. I was going to gigs, like uh, duct taping an iPad to a music stand, and just kind of running an early version of Drum Kid on on wow. there. And it was um, <laughs> it was really stressful because I didn't know how to make it work offline. So I'd have to get to the get to a venue and then find Wi-Fi. And if there wasn't Wi-Fi, I'd have to like go outside, get Wi-Fi, load the drum machine, and then come back inside, which um, doesn't make you a lot of friends at sound checks <laughs> and things. But um, once I'd done a few gigs, like stressful gigs like that, where it almost not worked, I was like, okay, I think I need to build this into a device that doesn't require the internet and just you turn it on and it works. So that really that's kind of where it came from, the, the idea of making it with, a, with an Arduino, making it a battery-powered handheld device. was um, It was really just out of necessity for our, for our band. We've used DrumKid, like the early, the iPad version um, on all of the uh like the, fir- the whole first album is is there and you can sort of hear the it's a pretty similar sound i just chose you know it's, it's an 808 kit cuz i was like that's a everyone uses that that's nice and then i kind of i'm quite picky about my snare sound so i think it's a it's like dry kind of slightly old school snare sound so i think it's maybe literally just sampled off a beatles record or something oh really i, I think so yeah yeah yeah. i hope your podcast doesn't get too big because I'm, I'm not sure legally it's supposed to be <laughs> so, yeah that'd be quite a niche lawsuit for uh yeah for the beatles to bother about but um, luckily we, I, we were kind of a sort of slightly lo-fi band anyway or it was or maybe just the sound came out kind of lo-fi from the ipad anyway there was there was a there was like a filter like was the last thing in the chain anyway which I kind of quite liked the sound when it was dialed you know down a little bit anyway so I think coincidentally actually like moving on to the Arduino didn't really affect it too much because it was I was already operating at like not CD quality just because I like the sound so yeah right now interestingly I'm I'm working on the new version of drum kid and it's like the next the next version which you know i finally decided that well this one doesn't actually have to have lo-fi sounds so it's so it's not going to you know it's got a it's got a sort of raspberry pico inside it instead uh, instead of an arduino which is a you know like hundreds of times faster or something and so you know kind of for the same they're both like four pound computers you know like you know six dollar computers or whatever um right you know but the raspberry pi thing is um is just so much faster that you can you can basically just output CD quality audio from it. So uh, it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see if, if if version two just loses all of its soul because that was integral to the whole thing. The lo-fi sound, I don't know. You could very easily, like with like two lines of code, you could make it sound as as bad as the first one, <laughs> or like as as lo-fi <laughs> as the first one. 
it's, it's almost like philosophically like not this not the same thing it's a bit like you know you can you can recreate the sound of an old gramophone you know like when you're producing a track but it's there's something about the, the fact that the original drum kit kind of does you know it can only do that that makes it you know yeah i'm i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm enjoying the thought process of like oh oh it's now suddenly got clean audio and it sounds really different you know am i to understand that you left your last job to be in electronics like doing that as your nine to five at this point the dream from age five or something was was be a rock star and then that that went through various <laughs> as, as, as a lot of people said and then the, that went through various iterations of realizing that, that it, you know a didn't write particularly good songs b didn't have any kind of stage charisma but you know like it's like just being singularly unsuited to the, the job of rock star um i know that uh, so, so, that, <laughs> so that was a sort of gradual a gradual dawning and but then like you know a bit of and then a bit of dissatisfaction with you know my day job and thinking oh, i could i could do something that that's more more like what i want to do but the gradual realization that that wasn't going to be you know someone paying me to you know sit and make sort of uh you know radiohead rip-off music uh, you know for for a living that was it's a, my partner like we've been together 10 years or so and um she's a writer and so she's always wanted to be a writer and she's never wavered in that you know just studied writing did loads of writing you know and then became a professional writer and it's quite hard to sort of continue in your day job if you know you want to do something else and your partner is literally successfully doing the thing they want to do like there's uh, it's not really sustainable to be like oh well no one can really do what they want to do when the person you're living with literally does so yeah we we sort of talked about it and we we just had this kind of mad year where we bought a camper van rented our house out and and just decided well i can quit my job it's not very expensive to live while we're in a camper van and then gradually figured out what it would mean to do it as a to do electronics and music and stuff as a job like it, it um so for those those first few months i was yeah i was kind of trying to invent new synthesizers blog, well, like blog about them and stuff and um i can't remember the exact timing but it was something like uh i, I entered the hackaday prize which is this like uh, open source music prize uh, open source mm-hmm. electronics prize where you know you, you upload a project with all the schematics and things and yeah and the, the winner gets the winner gets some money and and, uh, and and i did that and did quite well in it got to the got to the final and then started you know, writing. There's a, there's a magazine in the UK called Hackspace magazine, and I started writing for that, writing for them, and you know, doing tutorials. Like you know, how to, it was it wasn't all music stuff. Some of it was like how to do 3D printing or that kind of thing. But okay. um, you know, it was, it was kind of moving in the direction of like making some money from you know making and electronics and that sort of thing. Yeah, so I started doing that. Well, it did start to run out of money, you know, and then and so I wasn't quite sure what to do. And then and then lockdown came along, and suddenly we just had so much time, um, which is the thing that finally got Drum Kid kind of over the line. Like like no distractions, you know, not literally mm-hmm. can't go out. And and so I've, I sort of taught myself circuit board design, ran through a few prototypes, and took a chance and soldered up the first twenty, you know, uh, units and. And just started selling them yeah and it's it's uh yeah there were about two years when i'm not sure whether you'd call it a job you'd probably call it like not having a job and just existing and then there was about and then there's now been about three years um where it's been you know like i've been half the time i've been doing you know looking after my kids and half the time building drum machines the idea was always kind of like 
build this thing, sell some of those things, and then and then design a new thing and then sell that and design a new thing and then sell that. It's, it's turned out a bit more like design this one drum machine and um, and just build hundreds of them and sell those. But um, <laughs> you know, that's 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 cool. There's there's uh, there's a few things in the pipeline that uh, are coming hopefully next year. Something that continues to come up with uh, this podcast, and it might just be the nature of starting it right after the initial lockdown, uh, starting to collect these conversations, is that the lockdown really did cause a lot of people to finally pump the gas on on what they've been wanting to do for so long, and yeah, and feeling yeah. this sense of desperation almost to do it. I had lost my job, and and I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing today to to make money. It'd be so weird to describe it to someone from five, you know five years ago, but the, yeah, the idea that there was this accidentally this huge social experiment of of you know what if suddenly every everyone's lives would just pause and they had loads of time, and in some cases, you know, like suddenly no job or weirdly. I don't know as much like what the situation was outside the UK, but like here we, uh, a lot of people were put on furlough where they were just like kind of given money from their job without having to do their job and almost bringing in like universal basic income for a couple of years, while, you know, just because that was the only thing to do. And it's, yeah, it must be like the biggest upheaval of people like considering their jobs and lives and, and whatever. And uh, yeah, just changing things around those. I mean, um, yeah, I've got no idea what <laughs> what life would have been like without it. I mean, I guess just, just, just so we're not throwing around a, a weird word for the sake of it. I mean, it basically means random. Uh, um, yes. It's not like, you know, it's a random drum machine sounded like a, I don't know, it, it was a cool sounding word. So I, I sort of, you know, once I'd sort of learned it in the context, I don't know if it was like a John Cage did that kind of music where he's using chants um, to produce music by these sorts of like random or, you know, sort of slightly Byzantine kind of um, methods and I think once I learned about that, I think that's where I got the word aleatoric from. Um, but um, where it came from initially was when, when I was trying to, you know, say that I wanted a drum machine that was kind of halfway between a drummer and a drum machine. The initial way I approached that was so on, on the iPad when I was doing it that way, there were a bunch of just sliders that you'd use with your fingers. And they were late. They were, the idea was that every slider would be labeled with some aspect of a drummer's personality or um mood i think there was it was like sloppy so it was like sloppiness you know how far off the beat a hit would be i don't think that and that didn't really make it through onto the um onto drum kit it's, itself i think so like the i think like the first slider on the original one was called like you know it would have been like angriness or something and it was like the idea that okay. you could you kind of change uh you know whether the drummer was more likely to hit the drum a bunch of times or was more likely to be more sparse and it was kind of like if you imagine like <laughs> had like mind control over a drummer it was that idea to kind of create that kind of algorithm you kind of need to introduce the idea of randomness in there in the code there was a there was a function which was producing random numbers every micro step of the beat you know like every you know every 64th note in the in the beat or something there's new random numbers being created and it was just so tempting to plug those into pitch or whatever and, and you could yeah it, it just it started off as quite a cool <laughs> philosophical idea and then just turned into oh actually if you plug random numbers into into a drum beat it sounds cool um so it's, it's somewhere in between those two things really that's probably the thing that i was most annoyed by being constrained by um the was the swing like i spent days like i had like quest love videos open and was like it was like i was like okay and i had like 
nerdy YouTube videos explaining Questlove's like drumming, and, and was like, okay, it's a, it's kind of a five, you know, I can't, I can't remember the the details now, but you know, you, you know, you're looking at like quintuplets or something, or like, mm. or like slightly. What I really wanted with the swing thing was for it to be a really gradual, like, you know, you'd fade in the, you know, if you had zero, it would be just straight ahead, normal on the beat. And then it would move to like a tiny bit swung, which would be that kind of you know drunk feel, like quintuplets or whatever. And then right. gradually would move over to you know proper full swing. There was something where like because it's all operating on like it's in eight bits, you know. So it's kind of like a <laughs> you're kind of trying to do all this like subtle stuff, but basically on like a you know <laughs> like an old Nintendo or something. Like it's it's um. I just don't think I have the resolution in the end to like make the distinction between the kind of drunk groove and the and the triplet groove. I think even if I could do it, there was no way to make it feel natural with the you know with with this knob. So it like yeah, it's kind of definitely one of the like slight failures of the of that first version, which I'm hoping I can fix with a you know more powerful processor in in the next one. Like it'd be nice to have some some mixture of like like actually random timing which doesn't really happen with the current one like there's random it's random in terms of uh, is the drum being hit or not and it's random in terms of like how loud is this hit but it's not really random in terms of like you know if there's supposed to be a beat on uh, it's supposed to be a hit on beat four it never gets shunted slightly forwards or back like that was the part that right. um i mean i was kind of pushing right up again uh, right up against the memory limits as you'll have seen when you're trying to get samples onto the uh, onto onto your um drum kit like it's there were times when i was like oh i can add this code but if i do that i've got to make the kick drum less good <laughs> because it, i can't get right. the tail on the kick drum anymore it's really you're really like fighting to kind of squeeze it all on there it felt like a in my in my head, I was felt like I was like you know like writing the code for the you know moon landing or something. I was like, oh, I've only got this tiny computer and I can just squeeze all these things on. <laughs> and um, so I also felt that while while it was this like lo-fi thing, I wasn't sure how much I needed to push it in terms of like, I wasn't I had no idea how people were going to use it. Like I um, so I wasn't sure whether that was like a necessary thing to have anyway like i i always i found it quite hard to like i find it i found it quite hard to imagine it beyond just me in a band with some guitars and uh, which is weird because like i think almost no one uses it for that i think every pretty much everyone who's bought it like puts it into into some sort of system with you know um other other synthesizers and things like um mm -hmm. it's, it's always funny watching the Every, every few months I'll I'll go on YouTube and type in drum kit just to see if anything anyone's uploaded anything and um, it's always the smallest thing in someone's setup <laughs> like it's it's always like dwarfed by other like modulars and synths and things I've got a MIDI cable then going out into some sort of much more impressive <laughs> sort of setup or something <laughs> I'm constantly looking for other artists who are utilizing it and I'm often left underwhelmed because I I find this little guy to be so so powerful and the sounds that can come out of this thing when i want to get noisy this thing is a noise machine once i figured out the crush function like that i was like, like that's the only that's the time when i knew that it was like a thing worth sharing was you know when i'd find that i was like oh hang on i was supposed to do this this afternoon but i've just jammed on it for like an hour like that's like oh okay that's that's cool <laughs> so, and that tended to be when i've yeah just made it really noisy and um 
the shame of the whole thing is that I spend all day like kind of soldering drum kids and sending them out and stuff and there's something about it where I like then don't want to I don't know like I, I've sort of slightly already moved on from it in my head because you know because I spent so much time on it I've not managed to do much music really like you know so right. I think like it, it, it's it's a question I've asked like myself like when I do get back into making music you know got some got some more time like will I have drum kit as part of the setup like it'll be an interesting, interesting um you know because you, you what you don't want to do is um when you're into making your own instruments and doing that kind of thing you you get um I suspect you 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 get kind of like um I'm not sure the word is either patronized or like pigeonholed a bit but like you you'll get people referring to you as like oh is that is that mad professor is that crazy inventor and it's like uh you're actually trying to make cool things that make cool noises you know it's not it's not supposed to be like a sort of comedy thing i'm just if you were to make an album you wouldn't want it to be the drum kid album no i I wouldn't want it to be like an extended advert you know kind of thing it's like hey you know but but then maybe maybe you do i don't know like is it is that a silly maybe the future you know the future for me is going to gigs and you know having an album and it's like hey would you like to buy the record or would you like to buy the <laughs> the thing that you know the instrument that i was playing you know it's um it's right it's, uh, so I, I don't i don't really know what I, I i suspect what i'm i mean what i'm actually i think what i'm interested in in that direction is like going and like having one really cool instrument that is custom that i custom make and is the thing that I play. I've always wanted to make like the sort of the ultimate guitar, and and this, um, which is like a Muse live. They're just it's sort of fascinating because he's got this guitar where he's um, uh, he just had so much stuff added to it, and it's got like like there's a. I went to university in uh, Exeter, in the southwest of the UK, where the, the um, which is where Muse are from, and the uh, the local guitar shop I think was the the place where he would always go and get get his uh, guitars modified. Um, oh, wow. and they would and they would add in like you know a whammy like a whammy pedal but he had a knob on the guitar that could that could do it so he could um you know sort of do these big pitch sweeps but just with a knob on the guitar kind of thing and um so so, so i saw so i've always kind of wanted to like build the perfect guitar like that where you can like generate any sound without like moving your hands that much um right. so i think that that would be kind of cool to have have something like that um and, I, and i've made I made one like kind of bad version of that where it was um it was like a midi guitar so but like not in a not in the sense of like it's a normal guitar and there's like the pickup on each string um that can that turns it in, that turns what you're playing into a note but I literally got rid of the idea of it being a real guitar and it's just six wires that if you press them down it makes the contact on the fret and then that closes the circuit and it's it knows that you've played that note kind of thing so it was um, okay. uh, I think that had you know, that had an Arduino inside as well, and then that went, um, and then that sent like MIDI MIDI out. The idea is that like uh, modular synthesizers, you know, they have this. It's an analog signal flowing from one thing to another, so you can you know make any signal path you want, and you can plug a oscillator into a filter, into a distortion or whatever. And they're really cool, and they make amazing sounds, but they're quite expensive and they're always going to be monophonic because you know it's analog circuitry you can't you can't like you'd have to have like literally four clones of each one if you wanted four note polyphony or something which and so i i had this idea that if you sacrificed the fact that it's all analog and that's part of the charm of it which you know is probably too big a thing to sacrifice but if you if you do sacrifice that and say okay let's turn this into a soft a soft synth 
like a virtual synthesizer, you can still have the the ability to patch it um, if you if you just make a circuit that rather than sending a signal down the wire like like a waveform or something instead of that you just say you know all the outputs on a synthesizer all the outputs on this fake modular synthesizer say they just send a signal saying I am output one or I am output two and all the inputs right. just listen for those and so you can make something that looks exactly like a modular synth but all it's doing is um, as you plug different things to each other the software is saying like oh okay you know the this the sine wave is connected to the filter I guess I'll do that in software um, and once you've done that then you can make it polyphonic because you just run the software four times or eight times or however, okay. however many times you want and and then you've got a, you've got a polyphonic modular synthesizer and so, so that was yeah that was kind of the the idea behind it but the, it's it turned out like what, what I really should have done is, is learnt circuit board design because it was it's just there's a lot of wires like basically you're modular synthesizers are, are cool when they've got lots of inputs and outputs to do that you know so I, I wanted to make this thing with lots of inputs and outputs and, and knobs but it all sold all soldered by by hand and all you know sort of so it's just this horrible mess of cables inside so I, I i didn't have like the carpentry skills to like make this make the case for this thing really and i didn't have the design skill like, like it it doesn't really have a proper like circuit diagram because i don't know how to design this i was it was just like one of those things where it's in your head and you can keep track of it all in your head and and you can just about write it down enough to for someone to make sense of it and like i'm really surprised it worked <laughs> but it, i made this wooden version uh, yeah, it was it was basically just to enter into this um, enter into this prize into the Hackaday prize. Yeah, it, it had a, a Teensy inside of it, which is a it's kind of like a mm -hmm. a really fast Arduino basically um, that can that can do like good audio. Yeah, that, that's and that's that's an instrument where I've literally just made one of them. I was I I loved it so much that that's then like on the that's that's then on like pretty much every later like song with my band because I just love the sense sort of um, the way it works so much. Um, so cool. Uh, and then that's the that's prob. It's always I always say it's going to be my next project like to build a a version that that I can sell, but it's such a big like you could take it in so many different directions that I just don't mm -hmm. really know which way to go with it. Like you. you you could um you could you could sort of say i'm going to build a whole ecosystem and you can buy different modules for this you know it's uh, you, right. you have a, you have a whole system and you you have this um set, set up and you you know i set up a store where i you can sell 20 different modules or something but that <laughs> right. that's like uh, kind of over ambitious or i've built a version that's the size of like two drum kids it's like the size of like you know a piece of paper or something um it's and it's uh and it's like got tiny knobs and is all the patch cables are like absurdly squeezed in and they're just these tiny little like jumper cables um mm, okay. so and i don't know where you know so I'm, i every sort of six months or so i'll make another prototype think just I, i've kind of got the hang of making them now like of making getting the technology right like i, I can make a circuit board that, that does the does this thing of doing a virtual yeah sort of polyphonic modular synth and it's just trying to figure out like what people will use it for and you know and then b boring things like you know how how much money do people want to pay for it and that affects kind of how big it is and 
you know, you could make like an 8-bit, for, there's nothing to stop you making one that's kind of sounds a bit like drum gear, but it's like an 8-bit modular, you know, that um, right. that is that kind of thing, or you could, you know, so, I mean, the thing I've landed on recently is that the, it'd be kind of cool to make just a guitar pedal that that is, you know, has a guitar input and a guitar output, and then a bunch of modulation sources, because I feel like guitarists... There's a, there's a little gulf between guitarists and modular synth people, and it'd be kind of cool to introduce, you know, if you said to guitarists, you don't actually have to spend, you know, £2,000 on a modular system, you could you could get this one, I don't know, like £200 pedal, but which it's sort of, you plug your guitar in one end and your amp in the other, and in between, you can, it's a modular synthesizer. <laughs> like that's, I don't know. That's, that's very cool. So that's, these are all the, th <laughs> I'm just being indecisive at the moment. That's, that's what, so Drum Kid 2 is going to happen uh, before, before that, but th that might be the next, the next thing afterwards. It's, um, it's kind of too, yeah, it's, it's too big and I keep getting, I keep changing my mind about what it's going to be, but um, I think that's probably the next thing. One, two, three, four. You can follow Matt through the links in the show notes where you can also purchase the drum kid and the music he's made with it. Thank you so much for listening to the Schoonelbug Show. Spread the word, tell your friends, and go make stuff.